Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Good to be back, Pastor Michael. Uh, haven't spoken to him since I've gotten back from California, from Anaheim, went to the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about that today, but if anybody's interested, it was, uh, again, I don't want to really get into that, but if anybody's interested, give me a shout out, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. I'll kind of give you a pulse on what's going there, going on down there, going on with the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, but for for, for today, I want to just talk about the Bible. I want to talk about the things of God, do a little exegesis on some scriptures and see if we can um, get encouraged today. So what I want to do is I, I, I want to try to do this in one segment. I want to follow a, a theme of eventually my, I'm going to have a, a kind of do a, a sandwich, so to speak. You know, Italians like food, right? So I'm going to look at an Old Testament text. Right. Then a New Testament text. I'm going to go from Ezekiel to John and they're going to end up in the book of Revelation. Now, the the middle part of the sandwich, which is the meat part, is going to be, you know, the the crux of it. But the the two bookends, so to speak, or the other two pieces of bread, so to speak, I'll use like a sandwich type of thing. These things will be important, too. So I, I want to try to nail this down. Again, this is uh, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi from Desert Sky Baptist Church. Hit me up, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. We're going to do a little exegesis of some scriptures. Uh, starting in the 36th division of Ezekiel. Now, we should be familiar with these passages starting in the 26th verse. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will be careful to do my judgments. And I uh, let me stop right there. Uh, let me let me go one more. And I will and you will inhabit the land that I gave to your fathers uh, so that you will be my people and I will be your God. Now, context is really important here. So. In, in, in the next section in chapter 37 is going to be the vision of dry bones, the valley of dry bones, where, where you see the resurrection from the dead. Now, the context, very important of this, basically, is the being restored from Babylon to go back to Jerusalem. So they were in captivity um, for the 70 years. And now they're going to be raised up and brought back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and we know the story. But because of the, the text that I just read in the context of this resurrection, I believe there's a dual meaning of what this resurrection is. So in order to do that, so remember, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit, remove the heart of stone from your flesh, give you a heart of flesh. This speaks about another type of resurrection. 
So there's kind of a, again, when you get to the Valley of Dry Bones in chapter 37, you'll see these bones coming together and, and kind of the context is that the, the Jews will be brought back, brought out of Babylon, going back to Jerusalem. But again, speaking of, you know, resurrection, you know, being dead in Babylon, now being alive back to Jerusalem. But we're going to see Jesus speak to Nicodemus as the meat part of the sandwich. This is the other end. This is the bookend. We're going to see Jesus speak to Nicodemus, who's an Old Testament scholar. And Jesus is going to talk about the born-again experience. And he's going to point him back. He's going to point him back to Ezekiel. Even though the original context, uh, uh, you know, in the original context of the Valley of Dry Bones is this resurrection out of Babylon, back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple. But because Nicodemus is an Old Testament scholar, he's going to point him back to this new heart, new spirit. And he's going to attribute that to the born-again experience. Great stuff. Great stuff when you can, you know, line up your Old Testament with your New Testament. Then I'll make another point as I go. So, okay, uh, Ezekiel again, new heart, new spirit, uh, from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, pliable, able to understand the things of God, right? Uh, put my spirit within you, cause you to walk in my statues by God's spirit. It's basically a resurrection from the dead. Now, again, in the context, when you go to chapter 37 of Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones, there's a picture of this resurrection of the dead. And again, it's speaking about going from Babylonia to Jerusalem. But we know Jesus is going to point to this text and this is going to be a resurrection from the dead, not a resurrection from the dead, though that's going to come, but a resurrection from the dead where your heart of stone is now made a heart of flesh. And Nicodemus should know this. He's an Old Testament scholar, and this is, this is Jesus's rebuke, so to speak, of, of the Old Testament scholar Nicodemus. So as I'm turning the pages, I am in the third chapter of John, which we all should know, obviously. And there was a man of the Pharisees named, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And look what Jesus says. Cuts right to the chase. What does he say? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus is kind of perplexed here. He says to me, he says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This water and spirit is kind of the same word. It's kind of the same word. So don't get tripped up here. That would, and now Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel. I said this to you, you must be born again, right? So, and then Jesus says, the wind blows where it goes. It goes this way. It goes that way. 
And that's how it is when somebody's born again. It's a sovereign work of God. I mean, you can see the wind. Well, you can't see the wind, but you can feel the wind blowing. But you know it's there, but only God kind of creates that. Well, the same thing with the born again experience, right? So, and, and then Nicodemus says, and you know, how can these things be? And Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel? And you don't know basically the Ezekiel text? Don't you know what that was pointing to? This is where we have to be good readers of the text. Now, first of all, this is a sovereign work of God. The, 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 one of the main parts of this text, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound, but you, don't know, you do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. This is a sovereign work of God. And if you go back to Ezekiel 37, if you're kind of doing a study on this, you'll see that who can raise somebody from the dead, right? You know, um, I don't know if I'm, I'll have time really to go back to Ezekiel 37 just for a second. You know, he's, he tells Ezekiel, you know, can these, uh, can these bones live? And he says, only you know, only you know, only you can raise them from the dead. Only you can bring them life. Now, in the context, we know it's the Jews coming out of captivity, going back to Jerusalem to build a temple. But Ezekiel talking about a new heart, a new spirit, able to now walk in my judgments, able to now keep my statues, right? It's kind of this dual prophecy happening here. And then when Jesus uh, speaks to Nicodemus, he says, listen, you're an Old Testament scholar. You should know these things. And Nicodemus is perplexed at this. How could these things be? How could these things be? How, how does this happen? You know, we, I was talking to Rachel this morning. Uh, this is Saturday morning. I'm, I'll be preaching tomorrow. I didn't preach last week. One of my fellow elders, Harlan, preached did a, did a Good job. I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole sermon. I listened to most of it, but uh, Holland does a, a good job. He's a good studier of God's word and, and praise God for him. So does Dana. So does Ben. We have some good elders in this church. Come come and visit us. There's this guy Baptist church. If you don't have a home church, we are dedicated to God's word, dedicated to the scriptures. Um, so we got this Ezekiel thing happening here. You know, this harder uh, a stone being turned to flesh, right? And I was, and again, I want to get back. I was talking to Rachel this morning, right? And you, let me tell you something. You need to know how blessed you are that you can recognize you're a sinner. I'm telling you, just to know that your sin is an offense against the holy God, that's only brought on by the Spirit. You don't, and it, without the spirit, you cannot know that. You cannot know that. And, I, you know, I was talking to my wife about that. You know, we're sinners, man. And, it, I, and I'm a chief sinner. And, and the reason I'm a chief sinner and the reason you're a chief sinner is because the spirit allows us to see that. The spirit allows us to recognize that. Otherwise, you have a heart of stone. 
You have a heart of stone. You can't realize it's not pliable. This is the, the, the beauty of the Ezekiel text. And then looking at it in light of Nicodemus. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you're an Old Testament dude. You're a scholar. You know, and, and Jesus, meet, one thing about Jesus, he meets people where they are. And you need to do, we need to do that. You know, when he's talking to the woman at the well, you know, he talks about you got five husbands. And the one you have right now is not your husband. You've had five husbands. He meets her where she is. He's not going to use no Old Testament scripture or he's going to cut right to the chase and said, listen, you're an adulterer, adulteress, excuse me, living in adultery. And she realized that she was a sinner. And you got to meet people where they are. And here Jesus meets Nicodemus. But I want you, my audience, to understand where Jesus is coming from. Where is he getting this from? Old Testament. And be careful. Be careful when you start talking about, well, you have to do this, uh, walk an aisle or whatever to be saved. Sa salvation is of the Lord. I'm not saying God can't use an aisle, but, but we want to be careful where we put strictures on salvation because the Bible says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound. But you don't know where it comes and where it's going. So is every man who is born of the spirit. Now, God can use things. He can use things like, you know, uh, praying, obviously. And, and But the first thing before you can pray, before you can acknowledge God as a savior, you have to recognize you're a sinner. And the only way you can recognize you're a sinner is by the sovereign work of God in Christ through the Spirit. Now, I'm going on 15 minutes on this, and I want to kind of show, so in the 20th chapter of Revelation, I mean, this is, I mean, it depends on what eschatology you're dealing, you know, you, you may uh, attribute to. I'm just going to come through the eschatology that I believe I'm, I'm probably amillennial, but, but again, um, I remember one guy said he's, uh, what do you say? He's uh, pan-millennious. He's going to all pan out in the end, right? But, but the 20th chapter of Revelation, I think in the context is the vindication of the saints, right? They get vindicated. But, but I think there's something there. I want to tie this up, if I may. I want to tie this up, see if I can make a, a, now remember, the one side of the sandwich is the Ezekiel text, right? It's the one side, that's where it was introduced about, you know, this, this pliable spirit, this spirit, this heart of stone becoming, becoming flesh, pliable, able to discern, able to, able to be obedient, able to follow the things of the, of the, of the, of the Lord, Jesus using that in Nicodemus. Now look at Revelation 20. Here's a vindication of the martyrs of the people of God, right? And then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, 
and bound him for a thousand years. That's probably not literal. It's a period of time. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until a thousand years were finished. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones and they, and, and they sat on them. There's the vindication of God's people and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their witness of Jesus, because of the word of God. And who also had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Right. And the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, I believe. And again, this is my eschatology. I believe right now the enemy's kind of bound up, still operating, but bound. Right. And then it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years. This is, this is the first resurrection. For me, the first resurrection, especially according to Beale, is the born again experience. The first resurrection. Blessed and holy, verse six, is the one who has a part in the first resurrection, the born again experience. Over these, the second death has no authority. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him again for this period of time, a thousand years. So when you become born again, that's the first resurrection. Look at the context in Ezekiel, right? The context in Ezekiel is the, the, the valley of dry bones being resurrected from the dead. The born again experience, the vindication of the martyrs. Satan, yes, operating, but, but with a leash. And the first resurrection is that born-again experience. And that means John says you've passed from death to life. Where the second death has no authority over you. This is putting the sandwich together. And again, there's, there's a lot of views on this. This is, but, but, but this makes sense to me. Ezekiel, and, and you know, in the book of Revelation, there's no direct quotes from the, from the Old Testament. There's all allusions. You got to know your Old Testament really well to study the book of Revelation. Again, there's a lot of views here, but this is a vindication of the martyrs. And the vindication of the martyrs comes by way of the first resurrection, the born-again experience, vindicated in Christ. Martyr, the, the martyrus, the Greek word is witness. Christ witnesses. Vindicated. The first resurrection, the born-again experience, the the. The, the, the outer part of the sandwich, this to me shows the sovereignty of God and how important it is to be born again. And you read 1 John, which we're studying in our home group, you read 1 John and he'll, you've passed from death to life. As soon as you're born again, that's the first resurrection. That's the first resurrection. That means the second death, which is the lake of fire, 
right, has no hold. Now, my view, my view in studying Greg Beale and some of the people I agree with is the enemy is locked up, but he's operating, but he's got a leash, a governor, if you will. Now, listen to this. And when the thousand years are finished, Satan will be released from prison. He'll come out and deceive, right? Just kind of going over this, right? And then the one who deceived the devil will be thrown into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they'll be tormented night and day forever. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Whether you agree with me or not on the, on the Revelation text, you need to agree with me on the born again text. But I think this lines up perfectly well. Here's my admonition. You must be born again. You must be brought from death to life. This is a sovereign work of God. The I want to be careful what I say. The prerequisite, not the power of it, the prerequisite is the preaching of the gospel. That's what Jesus gave Nicodemus, is the gospel. That means that we are sinners before a holy God, we need to be raised from the dead. We're dry bones. We're dead. We're at the bottom of a well. Dead. You can throw all the buckets down or ropes down and tell me to pick it up unless I'm made alive. I can't take that rope. I'm dead at the bottom of a well, and I need to be made alive. And the only way that I can be made alive is in Christ. And that is a sovereign work of God. Nothing I do, everything he does, nothing with my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. This is, the born, this is the born again experience. It is the first resurrection where the second death will have no power over you because your, your heart of stone has been made into a heart of flesh. And don't be hard-headed like Nicodemus who we know by God's grace later got it. He realized, he probably says, man, I need to go study this stuff. I need to go back to Ezekiel. I know what he's talking about. I don't get it, but let me go back and see. And I believe that Nicodemus, by reading the Old Testament, got convicted, got to understand what Jesus was talking about. And he was able to be part of the first resurrection, where the second death, will have no sting. Oh, the richness, the glory of God's word. Just think if we didn't have God's word, it's all we have. 
And I, I don't, I can't start preaching in the 24th minute on this show. But man, this is something I want you to hold on to. This is street talk theology. We just bring it to the streets. Bad taxes, bad tax. Bring it to the streets. You need to be born again. You need to repent and believe the gospel. Listen, and I got 30 seconds. I mean, you may be listening to Christian stations and knowing all the Christian songs or whatever it is. And, you know, go to, are you truly born again? Have you truly rose from the dead? Have you taken part in the first resurrection? That's the question. It's a serious question. By God's grace, I pray that maybe somebody listening today needs to be challenged. And by God's grace, May he turn your heart from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name. This is Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Desert Sky Baptist Church, here in Casa Grande, 891 Quartzen. Come on, come and visit us. We love you guys. Love to have you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.